0: Welcome to the She Is Awesome podcast, the home for women business owners filled with extraordinary stories, giggles, and thoughtful conversations, offering inspiring takeaways for your life and your business. I am really excited to have with me today Melissa, the founder of Spare My Time. To be honest, I am a little bit intrigued and inspired by Melissa. She has this bare honesty about her business, the challenges she's going through, and she's absolutely not afraid to share them, which makes me very excited as I'm very curious and I want to know more. So without further ado, let's hit it. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the She's Awesome podcast. Hi there. Thanks for having me along. Yeah. So, before further ado, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, your journey into entrepreneurship? How did it all start?
1: Well, it has been quite a convoluted uh, convoluted journey. I um, spent a number of years in the city, um, my latest kind of role in investment bank, heading up a team. And. Um, and then in twenty sixteen, for various reasons, predominantly down to having small children, I decided that I wanted to do something myself, which had kind of flexibility and um, and there were kind of no, you know, sort of boundaries around the time commitment uh, that I could put in. So I created a um, a first iteration of spare time, which was a You know, I could go on for hours about it, but But it was basically an online platform collecting local services to homeowners, and you know, and it was a good platform, but it turned out that it wasn't, um, it wasn't, you know, good enough to keep going. So that was the first iteration, and that kind of moved on to something that we then called uh, home maintenance because it turned out that people just actually wanted to call us up. and ask us to organize things for them rather than do it themselves online. And that actually gave me the kind of spark of idea that the problem that people have is time. You know, it's not really connections. It's just, um, although having great connections, is obviously a good thing, it's just time having the time to be able to do things. So the combination of that and the fact that I was moving around in small businesses, do uh, in this sort of kind of small business landscape, it really made me realize that, um, the position I was in as a small business founder was that I lacked two things. I lacked time, like everybody else, but also I lacked skills. And then I looked around at my contemporaries and found out that, you know, really the reality is that's the limiting factor for a number of businesses is the the lack of time and skill. And from there, that was where Spare My Time Virtual Assistants came, trying to bring a sort of city caliber support to small businesses so that they can, um, with confidence, Uh, come to us and be able to get help in areas that all small businesses need but with the reassurance that um, they're lacking in time and skills will be met uh, with an understanding ear in a kind of flexible
0: manner and that's where we are today. That's fantastic look um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig deep a little bit because I didn't know the story that there was a first iteration of Spare My Time And um, I really find it fascinating that you were able to take the step back and said, you know what, this is not working as I want it to work. Um, I need to find another version, another another kind of possibility within that. How did it feel? When you saw that, how did it feel? How did you come to the terms with it? And... And, and said, right, next step. You know, how did how did it, uh, that happen? It, it, it's bizarre that
1: you uh, uh, you picked up on that because randomly, uh, one of our clients um, is pivoting their business to use the now well coined phrase and um, said to her, VA, one of our team, oh, I'm taking inspiration from what Melissa did and I'm pivoting. I'm going to, you know, look at my business. I'm going to change it. And I, up until that point, I'd never thought of myself as a business who had pivoted, but I have, I've pivoted significantly twice, if not multiple, multiple times. And I I think I, I, you know, for me, it's relatively easy. I look at the business, I see what's working and I do more of what's working and less of what's not. And, but it's but I think I can do that because um, I have been really firm with myself to separate my business from me as a person. Um, even though you know my character is a big part of our business, my beliefs, my skill set, everything like that is absolutely fundamental to who we are as a business. Um I think if you can separate The success of the business is who you are as a person. Then you can make some of these hard decisions of is it working, is it not. That is not going to say. Also, you know, I don't want anyone to believe me that you know it was easy or there weren't moments where I felt like giving up or there weren't moments where I thought you know why does everyone else seem to find this so easy and I'm not you know all of those feelings I absolutely had and you know could I do this was I good enough to do this but then you have to to stop yourself and say yes you are good enough to do this and have I have a really really strong belief after doing this now for a number of years um, and getting it wrong multiple times uh, that a lot of the time if you've got all the fundamental principles of being a success i.e you believe in quality you uh, deliver what you say you're going to deliver and you know and you keep on going it's the keep on going bit which will stand you apart from everyone else uh, because from what i can see success those successful businesses you know that we look and we admire are the ones who are just keep on going and are the ones still standing
0: yeah yeah that's that's very true and you know um i had heard a multimillionaire entrepreneur saying you know in any time if you actually look the pattern of an entrepreneur um it, it's just sanity it's not sane, sane. it's insanity it's kind of like you 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 get a slap on your face and you're like no no, no it's okay I'm gonna do it and then you get another slap and you're like no I'm gonna do it like in any part of your life it would be almost an abusive relationship with your business. The yes. <laughs> so business is literally like beating you up and you're like, no, I'm going to make this happen. And yes, that's um, it really is important to keep going. But also, you know, the, the, there's a book called The Lean Startup. And in that day, they, they talk about pivoting iterations of the business because you gotta check what is working, and if it's not working, whether you put your soul and heart into it, if if your audience is not buying what you're selling, you there's something that is not working, and you Absolutely. gotta change, right? Absolutely. And that is that's a really really interesting part of. Your business, and I didn't know it. And you know, when we started this discussion, I just wanted to go into your growth story because I know that bit, which is like the last eighteen to twenty-four months that I have met you and I known you, and I and you have shown an incredible growth, which we will talk about, of course. But I think actually this bit, this is much more sticky and like right. It's not working and it's not about me yeah. being not good enough.
1: I remember my husband actually said to me when I was having one of the moments, you know, down in the dumps moments where I was like, oh, whoa, 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 this is so hard. <laughs> yeah. um, he was like, look, you know, I would have given up months ago. You know, it amazes me that you're still you're still there. You're still taking the hard knocks and you're, you don't seem to, you you don't seem to be phased. And I do think that I've always had this like, the the thought of giving up has never been something that's crossed my mind. It's just a a case of, you know, working out what works and working out what makes me happy. You know, I'm now, ironically, I started with a business I knew nothing about, and now I've got a business that, you know, effectively I was being paid in the city to do some kind of iteration, i.e. team management. Um, And I love small businesses. So I get to get up every single day. I get to work with a team I love. I get to talk to businesses and companies that absolutely fascinate me. I get to provide solutions that, you know, I am a problem solver by nature. So it's literally like my dream job. So now it's not hard. But the four years getting to now, I just think I was, I just never considered giving up. And, you know, I, I quite often explain it to people. It's like I put, I imagine are different revenue streams like horses on a track and you know which which one is going to get to the finish line first and that one who's getting to the finish line you know if you had a race horse that was winning the races you'd go and give it you know some five star oats or something to make sure Mm -hmm. it did it again so i just i am a very visual person that's what i just look at my business every single time it's like okay which which race is you know which horse is winning this race
0: yeah, that's that's clever. But you 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 didn't start with VA. You started with home services, and uh, you understood that what how you were selling it was not adapted to the audience, and they they really lacked time. And slowly, slowly moved into more servicing businesses, which is a massive iteration. and 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 uh, hats off to, to 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 you, my friend, because uh, it's not easy to accept. I think it's not easy to accept like i i, I say it because I, i'm i'm currently in 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 it as well with the academy for women entrepreneurs we are like we thought everyone was going to buy e-learning no they don't want it they they want coaches they want people to to hold their hands so now we're completely switching also the model and and helping people through that but it is hard to say Right, what you thought was going to work is not working. So find another solution.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I mean, it's heartbreaking as
1: well. And on a financial scale, I can tell you, building a fully functional, WYSI platform is incredibly expensive. And then (laughs) when I I actually finally turned it off last year, you know, I should have turned it off 18 months ago, but it was just that kind of connection that you have to it. You can't give up on it because you are... You've got so much invested in it that you just it sort of becomes like you know telling a baby that you don't love it. You but it's it, you have to then just be really strict with yourself say, no, it's not going anywhere, it's now just a, a time and energy journey.
0: Yeah, you have gone through a lot of iterations, different models, and finally you found what was working. And as I mentioned before you went through a very strong growth curve as at least what I, I have um, observed from outside. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how did that happen? Because it's a chicken and egg situation, right? Um, the growth is like, you want to grow, but you need to invest in the marketing. Uh, well, you don't have enough money to invest in the marketing. First, you've got to earn that money. And, and People get really lost easily about that. So can you please tell us a little bit, how did you achieve it? That's a very good question. How did I achieve it? I think I
1: built a business that I knew could scale, you know, so I wasn't interested in having a business that wasn't scalable. That was kind of one of my fundamental principles. The other side of spare my time, apart from providing this high quality support, is the fact that, you know, when my kids went to school, it became... Clear to me there was a, an enormous amount of resource on the you know in the school playground in terms of parents who couldn't go back to school so it couldn't go back to work because they were excluded either because of finances and childcare or because of flexibility in in terms of hours so for me it was never a principle of it, it was something that I was going to build for myself it was a principle because I fundamentally wanted to change the way that people work. And I really feel passionately about retaining people in the workplace who would otherwise be um, excluded. So it was never going to be something that was just me being the beneficiary. So I knew it had to be scalable. And for a number of business principles, I knew it had to be scalable as well. So as soon as we started, um, it, it the, the concept was something that could scale, mm-hmm. um, so, which I think is the first limiting factor to growth is not having capacity to be able to do it. Um, And that is, you know, one of the founding principles of our business is providing other, you know, growing businesses with capacity to be able to to scale. Um, And that is key. Then there's the other side, which is obviously the marketing side of things and how much time do you invest in marketing? Um, I... It is really a chicken and egg thing that because I think there's lots of marketing you can do for free. You know, there is social media, which is free, but also can be enormously time consuming if you don't know how to do it. Uh, But I absolutely did social media and I'm, you know, quite active on platforms like Instagram um, there's networking, which I think if I was actually asked by anyone which one to go into, I would say, find yourself a great networking group, which is actually how we met. But I think talking to other small businesses, going through what you're going through is fundamental to your own well-being and growth. Um, it might take time to kind of start gaining momentum, but it's actually one of the best things you can do, I think, as a small business when you start. Um and then there are lots of other uh, other ways and you get to the point where you think, you know, what am I doing? Am I just putting a lot of energy into something and it's not scaling? And then suddenly it, you know, explodes around you. So for us, we started at the beginning of 2020. Um, within three mi- months, I had one VA, Leanne, on my team and she was at full capacity. And then the pandemic hit. So we were sort of forced to slow down. And actually, that was great. We closed our books for six months. So I didn't have the pressure of growing. I had... A kind of the concept of i wanted to put foundations in place and also have my kids at home home schooling so i think i was lucky i didn't have the pressure of wanting consistent growth in that time when actually growth is quite hard to get in your first six months um so then and then when we opened our doors again in that sort of september october period it kind of just took off and um, so i think you know it is chicken and egg you've got to give yourself the ability to scale in terms of resourcing and finance uh, but also you've got to put the work in with marketing and then it sort of becomes a sort of symbiotic relationship between the two.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, that's where I want to talk now a little bit more about Spare My Time because Spare My Time is a resourcing business and you help small businesses constantly Um, from different perspectives. So can you tell us a little bit more about Spare My Time? How do you help? And um, my last question about this is how small businesses should organise their finance to bring you in? So Spare My Time is a...
1: um... (sighs) It is a virtual assistance agency. It is kind of the kind of tag what it is. But the reality is, is we have looked at small businesses uh, and lived small businesses, and I've kind of looked at my own life at what support I need, and it became clear to me that you know one of the limiting factors of growth was these skills and time availability, but in these key sk- silos, which is admin, bookkeeping. And marketing be that social media be that kind of newsletters blog posts that kind of stuff where people you know don't know what they're doing or just don't have the capacity you know those are things which are relatively easy to sort of get help on or outsource so what we have now formed is this business where um as a you know as a as a you know one man band or bigger we've got much bigger clients but you know as a business uh, you can come to us and say right I need some help outsourcing I want to grow this is what my business is these are my pain points and we can help you fill those gaps whether that is just using one of our silos I you know having someone in admin to support you or you know having multiple Um, support services so you you know lots of our clients will come to us one thing for admin say and then they want some social media support and then they might need some bookkeeping support so they know that they can come to us and get this high quality um, assistance without the risk because there is a lot of risk in going out and asking for support because you know as a small business funds are you know are, are tight and important, and what you're paying someone else is not what you're paying yourself. Uh, which ultimately, we've got to remember that this is why we're all in here. You know, everybody needs to get paid. Um So, what we do at Spare My Time is make sure that the money that we get paid is, you know, it is returned many, many fold in the the contribution that we can make to your business. So, how people can work out, you know when is the right time to be able to outsource within their business? It There is no one answer. I think ultimately you know when you need to outsource because you realise that you can't keep all the balls in the air. Uh, ideally, you would outsource three months before you get to that point. So I think if you start your business and you can start feeling the areas that you don't enjoy, number one, get rid of those. out also straight away, because as soon as you can afford it, get rid of the stuff you don't enjoy. Um, and then the second one is to look at the things that you don't add value to. And if you put those two together, uh, you can very effectively look at what your time can be best spent done you with the time that you would spend doing that so for example if you hated um organizing your diary or you were just not that organized get rid of that because all that time that you're going backwards and forwards on emails trying to organize your diary that's the time that you could be spent making money and doing your marketing which is where you should always focus your attentions is you know what makes you money yeah yeah that sounds very mercenary saying that, but that's, you know, that's what it, unfortunately, what it boils down to. It is.
0: No, but even even if it's not worth um, making just money, um, a designer enjoys and thrives at designing, not at bookkeeping. Yeah. And actually, if they have brought in more clients and, and served more billable hours, so designed more, then they will be actually making more money than when they are bookkeeping and enjoying. Absolutely. As well, you know, I always say that. It's uh, my my, uh, my bookkeeper and accountant, he goes, well, if you do this, uh, it's not going to cost you that much. And I say, look, it's uh, it's I'm going to either pay you or pay a nanny. So I prefer paying you and spending my time with my child. So it's kind of like, wherever you want to put your energy and time at some point you're going to outsource somewhere and i pref- i'm 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 selfishly preferring to in do what i enjoy so it's not just even mercenary you know yeah absolutely and you
1: know the 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 more you outsource the more you spend the time on what it is you like whether it's designing or if it's being with your children or if it's um you know whatever whatever the the case may be the um the key is to focus on what you enjoy because and what you're good at because if yeah. you do that then you um you you have much more chance of succeeding
0: yeah okay so um i i have a question for you so if you look in the women entrepreneurship stats you see that um i think almost more than 95 percent depends on the country but i think in the uk it's 95 percent of... Women business owners are solopreneurs or very micro businesses, so they would have support teams, one or two people, and then and then that's it. Um, so you said you started with the one mindset of building a scalable business. And if I remember well, at no point you actually served the business as a billable hour so meaning you've never done a um VA job you didn't sell your time as a VA
1: no well actually that's not quite right the year before we set up I wanted to experiment with this as a service you know it is this something that people want is this something that we could um add value in and I did take on a client and quickly realized that it was <laughs> much better than other people did it rather than me the client is still with us actually and she's completely lovely um but, you know, it, it became very, very clear that that was not the way forward. Not You know, on a number of reasons, A, because it wasn't scalable, but B, because um, I didn't really enjoy it either. You know, yeah. you, you kind of, you, you get a, a sense of where your value is best placed and mine wasn't best placed then. So um, it, it, I, I did give it a go and uh, as a trial and it was great because it gave us me the confidence and the idea to to move to the le- next level but it was not something that I would be doing full time the, the team are much much better than me at um, delivering quality to our clients
0: that's that's perfect because you build that theme but at which point because you know the, the minute you brought in the, your first VA it meant that you shared the income
1: Absolutely. it meant that
0: Right, The income that came in was not going 100% in your pocket. Probably it wasn't going any in your pocket at that moment because you had to also do all the other stuff and pay all the other stuff. And then you you had the VA. Um, So I have a lot of clients now who are at the point where they kind of exhausted the hours that they can sell as their own and they want to grow they want to bring in another person in their team but they're like well i'm gonna lose my income what what would be your advice to that to that fear
1: i think it depends on what their aspirations are so i've got clients who are totally happy being maxed out and knowing knowing what they're doing month to month and that is absolutely what makes them tick if you want, which is absolutely brilliant. You know, I, I'm a massive supporter of that. If you were growing a, a business, a scalable business, you know, unfortunately that is just the way it is, you know, for the past. So our our virtual assistants business has been going for two years and I'm not on a salary, all of our team are on a salary, you know, everybody is paid through payroll, they all get holiday, they get pension, you know, we treat them properly. But the only person who's not is me, you know, so unfortunately, that is the, the hard truth about um, building a, you know, a scalable business is that, you know, you're always last in line when it comes to that, but that's why you're in it. Um, so, you know, a lot of the founders I talk to, you start paying themselves a salary. It's like a, you know, it's a monumental moment
0: yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah I I I hear you sister I hear you (laughs) so so this is about um women business ownership as well and I want to talk to you as a women entrepreneur um because you also work with men-owned businesses you also serve men-owned men-owned businesses so um and you do empower women getting back to work etc so you have that hat of empowering women and you do work for both women and men-owned businesses do you see any differences in terms of how we manage business how we want to grow how we do you see any differences it, it,
1: women are much more emotional about it. You know, we, the majority of our clients are actually female. Uh, I would say, you know, ninety-five percent of our clients are female, um, which is fantastic. It's really exciting. It's a really, really exciting time for female entrepreneurship. I think, um, and we're really lucky because we get to see it firsthand the whole entire time. Um, I think men are much more black and white, and they they do have an advantage in that point when they're growing a business because they find this separation of self and you know self-worth and their success of the business much easier um, and i think sometimes making those hard decisions is easier for them because it you know does fall into that camp as well um, whereas women uh, do tend to kind of wrap it up in their own self-worth you know how successful they are is a reflection of who they are as a person uh, which i do, which is hard you know we all all are like that i'm you know we i absolutely can get into sort of moments like that and um, but otherwise i th- i think that the reality is that the different the different strengths are more personality driven really uh, rather than kind of girls versus boys I think you know some people have enormous amounts of creativity some people have are very good at selling some people are great at the you know the back end you know the kind of structure the systems flows books all that kind of stuff everybody has their strengths and weaknesses nobody is good at everything um, and it's it's just trying to work out what you are good at which is the most important bit
0: yeah that's good and as a woman when you look at being a business owner do you sometimes say to yourself how would I do it if I was a man After it? would I do something differently
1: no I never think that I remember I also had a career in the city which is very male dominated and I never thought that then as well either um, I think it's a great advantage being a woman you know we can multitask we can lateral think we can you know there's so it we can work in a uh, I know it's a competitive marketplace but we have it, women support women and we don't tend to compete against each other and I think that is a wonderful world to be trying to grow a business in you know it's it's incredible being surrounded by supportive people who embrace your success uh, I I'm not sure men are quite as advanced on that front as we are in terms of embracing other people's success I know that it's something everybody wants to do but I think women do it naturally
0: yeah I do agree with you to be honest it's um it does feel more like a sisterhood to be honest and and I do get several um requests on LinkedIn from starting or early stage coaches and you know and they contact me just to pick up my you know just to ask how 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 did you do it and I'm so happy to help them Mm. I don't I always create time for them to and I never see them you you know why would you want me to help you and I and a lot of women coaches helped me as well it's it's an amazingly supportive
1: supportive um kind of network I guess and it's and I think women take a lot of pleasure in it. Don't get me wrong. I've had so much advice from, from men as well, so I don't want them to yeah. feel excluded from this as either. And and there are lots of people who are um, incredibly supportive, no matter what sex they are. But I do think women naturally are supportive and like to um, champion other people's success.
0: Yeah. And to be honest, I think entrepreneurs in general um, like I wouldn't even like say women or male, but entrepreneurs in general are quite um helpful people. And my husband is a is an entrepreneur. He we grew his business together as well. It's been ten years. Um it's a big operational business. And I do personally I actually did see differences and this is my second business. And I did some stuff differently because I got inspired by him. What kind of things did you do differently? He was always playing big and he start like he, it's not about just dreaming big and, and, you know, saying, Oh, I, I want a scalable business. But when he went in front of, um, uh, investor, he would really beef the business up. Not, because he would lie, but what I would I would tend to kind of make small. He would go on the opposite, yeah. you know. Look what I have achieved. Look all the things that we're doing. Look, look at the numbers. Where I would be like, oh, we only achieved that much with the same results. My um, natural way of doing things would be more humble and his natural way of doing things would be much more look at it. I have achieved it and he would own it much with much bigger grace. Right. And and I got really inspired about, uh, about that and and I kind of learned from it. And I think um, definitely men do that a little bit better owning their successes. Yeah. um, You know, instead of us, I think that's the only thing that I do see as we should we should work on it I think as an entrepreneur
1: you have to you know you have to believe in yourself because or you know and, and any compliment that you get from anyone embrace that because otherwise you know you, you know there are not that many people around you especially if you're sort of on your own to tell you you're doing a good job you just have to believe in yourself that you can do a good job
0: yeah and you have to talk about it as well Mm. you know you have to say yeah we've done a great job and and beef it up and show people that you have done a good job because that's how you're going to grow the business if you're not advertising the business in a positive way absolutely yeah absolutely yeah so I have a question for you because um I do follow you on Instagram and and I I, I love (laughs) how I love how you own sometimes the shitty days and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do when you wake up to a shitty day? Um, oh God, what do I
1: do when I wake up to a shitty day? I, I mean, something that I've had to teach myself actually over time is just, you know, write myself a list and take it back to basics. You know, not expect too much of myself on those days that – it's just not happening. Sometimes it's just not happening, you know, and, and it, you get out of bed on the wrong side and you you, you want to rip everyone's head off and go and hide in a corner. But I think those are the days that a list is most needed. And I say this with great, all my team will laugh at me because I am, in you know, the way I describe my brain is cooked spaghetti compared to, you know, an organized person's brain is you know, sort of uncooked spaghetti. Um, but I have definitely learned from them, you know, Go back to bases, Write yourself a list and just work through it. Do your, do some small tasks. Give yourself that sense of achievement. Um, you know, don't try to change the world that day, but um, you know, build yourself back up to a point that at the end of the day you feel that you've got something done. And then you'll wake up the next day and you'll feel great because you'll you will have you know you'll you'll be on the right footing again.
0: Write a list. Great advice. Thank you. Okay, so we're coming towards the end of this um, lovely discussion. I, I, I wish I had three more hours. Um, I could go on forever. And a, a bottle of wine. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, the name of this podcast is She's Awesome. The reason why is because it's what I said to you. Women do not own their greatness and their awesomeness. So that's why I always finish now my interviews with two main questions. One is, what does being awesome mean to you? Oh, just being relaxed
1: in yourself, being happy with who you are, that feeling of contentment that you have, you know, you're, you're riding the wave and you're happy with it. That is the ultimate goal, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that call. And why are you awesome, Melissa? <laughs> God. Um
1: I I think what we are achieving with spare my time, sometimes I sit there and just think, wow, this is awesome. This is so awesome and I get to be part of it.
0: So you are an awesome business owner, and you created something awesome like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I created something awesome, but I sort of now feel I'm just part of it because it's gonna be bigger than me.
0: You created something bigger than you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, My love, thank you very much for your time and this lovely conversation. I wish you all the best. Um, Guys, if you want to connect with Melissa, um, all her connection details will be in uh, the show notes. And also, go check her on um, my Spare My Time. Can you give us the uh, website, Melissa?
1: It's just www.sparemytime.com.
0: That's perfect. So go check that and hurry up. Do not get under the workload and overwhelmed. Just get their help. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, my friend, thank you for listening to this She Is Awesome podcast. If you want to share your extraordinary story and dare to inspire others, send an email to hello at You can find the email address in the show notes. Well, let's meet here again next week. Take care. Bye now.